0: Welcome to Australian Hiker, your online hiking resource. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage.
1: This is episode 110 of the Australian Hiker Podcast, and in today's episode, we're interviewing Jolene Carvin, better known to many as the author of the hiking cartoon Boots McFarland. Jolene is a native of California in the USA and enjoys all the natural advantages of living in such a large and varied state. As a child, she camped every summer in the Yosemite, hiked the mountains, and played in the surf of the Pacific Ocean. In January of 2002, Jolene started hiking the well-known US distance hiking trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and she did this as a section hike, so it took her 13 years to complete. In documenting her journey, it became apparent that what she was actually producing was a comedy, so she decided to draw some of these ridiculous situations, and this is how Boots McFarlane was born. I first discovered the Boots McFarlane cartoon in around about 2014, and have been following her adventures ever since recognising my own hiking experiences in so many of her humorous exploits. Now, while this is a US-based cartoon, ignoring the the landscape that is drawn as part of these cartoons, as I said, you can really see some of the things that occur on, on so many of your hikes, because I certainly do. So today we're catching up with Jolene to find out a bit about her background and the process of developing her humorous hiking cartoons. So Jolene, welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast and thank you for taking your time to talk to us today.
2: Well, thank you for having me.
1: All right. So first a bit of background. Where are you from and what's your hiking background?
2: Well, I grew up in the uh, Los Angeles area in California, which surprisingly has a lot of mountains in it. Um, So uh, I grew up, you know, hiking locally and then uh, my family would take a a summer trip, camping trip to, um, Yosemite basically every summer of my childhood. And, um, my parents were pretty cool and let us, you know, the kids kind of run around and climb mountains and go out in the woods and get dirty and have fun. And so it's, it's, um, it's always been sort of uh second nature to kind of get out in the wilderness for me.
1: I think that's, um, that's a bit of a, a bit of a difference from what uh, a lot of parents tend to be like these days. It's sort of trying <laughs> to s- scrub the kids to death as soon as they come into the door and get all the dirt <laughs> off them. But uh, uh, I think yep. I think getting out and about in the in the dirt is is definitely the way to go. Yeah, yeah. Now I believe you um, um, you have hiked the Pacific Crest Trail, and you did that as a, a section hiker. tell us a bit about that.
2: Yeah. Um, well, I. I became interested in doing the trail. It just, it was a very romantic idea. I think we all sort of, um, get excited by these grand adventures. Um, but you know, I had a a job and I was playing in a, playing guitar in a band and, and I had all these things where I couldn't just leave for, you know, five months or so. Uh, so I thought, well, let me just kind of get out there and, um, do, Little sections of it. I started in Southern California, literally doing day hikes, uh, which meant that I was parking the car and then hiking and then turning around and hiking back. So a lot of Southern (laughs) California. I actually did, you know, as a northbounder and a southbounder in one day. Um, And then and then it turned into um, overnight weekends. And you know, the further away you had you had to drive to get to a trailhead, the the trips got longer and longer to the point where I was. Getting on an airplane and flying to Portland or Seattle, and uh, ended up taking 13 years to uh, to complete the trail. And honestly, I would not have done it any other way. Um, you end up seeing, you know, a lot of the side trails to get in and out. Um, you, you know, you don't feel that you have to do, you know, the 25, 30, 35 miles a day that some of these thru hikers are doing. Um, you can, you can do whatever you want. You know, you can, uh, I probably averaged, you know, 15 to 17 miles in a, in a day. And, um, you know, I'd see these through hikers by the time you get into Oregon and, and, you know, up into Washington, they're just trying to get it over with. They, they gotta, they gotta get home or they're worried about, you know, the snow starting to fly. Whereas a section hiker, you do your best to pick the right, time of year to be in a certain place inevitably you do have foul weather (laughs) it's
1: part of the course i think
2: (laughs) yeah there's it's you know and mosquitoes and everything else you experience all kinds you know all kinds of things it's never perfect but in its own way you know it's a perfect adventure you're you're out there and um so i really enjoyed Really every section of the trail, whether it was desert or the high country or, you know, uh, even the bad weather, it was, you know, it, uh, you, you don't get as worn down if you're only out there for two or three weeks, I think as, uh, or, or, and you don't get bored, you know? So, yeah, I really enjoy doing it that way.
1: All right. Now, you're probably best known, uh, at least in this part of the world, as being the uh, the creator of uh, Boots McFarlane cartoons trip. How did that come about?
2: Well, um, it kind of came out of uh, doing doing sections of the Pacific Crest Trail. Um, I would come home from these, these trips and I would write a journal. And um, I guess I'm naturally kind of uh, like to put a hu- humorous slant on life in general. And I would write in these journals and then, uh, bring them to work and people, my coworkers would read them and be laughing and, and, uh, realized it was kind of, you know, uh, more humorous than not. And I thought, well, it'd be fun to draw some of these little, uh, you know, little, uh, snippets of life on the trail, you know? Um, and, uh, and I, it just seemed like it would be an easy thing to do, just uh, certain little circumstances that you could draw like a one panel quick little bit of humor. And, but yet it would communicate a lot of, um, you know, really actually pretty common experiences for hikers, um, things that most people have experienced, even if you've just gone for a short hike out, you know, to a waterfall or whatever, you've probably experienced some of this stuff. So um, that's kind of how it got started
1: yeah i think um i i, I discovered um, I discovered you probably around about the two thousand and fourteen period, which is about the time we were looking at uh uh setting up or or thinking about setting up the uh the podcast and the uh, and the blog and it 's like I could just so well associate um, uh, what what you were you 're putting in there and probably for me my favorite cartoon and it still is where you've got um, uh, part two of planning and needing to take twenty-two weeks off off work to plan your <laughs> hike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I. Uh, uh, one of the trips that i did last year which is one of our our long trails which is certainly not the distances you guys talk about in the states but that was the bibbleman track in western australia which is about a thousand kilometers so about 600 odd odd miles and i spent probably two and a half years planning that Uh, and it's (laughs) it's excessive but i love the planning just as much as the actual hiking itself
2: yeah it's 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 the adventure in your mind you know it's very inspiring so who is
1: Boots McFarland? Is the character based on you or is it a bit of a compilation of a of you and a few other different people as well?
2: Um well it it's yeah, it's basically me, but it is also uh, quite a few people that I've hiked with. And um y- yeah, that's that would be the, the answer. Um I, you know, I got the trail name of Boots actually after I started drawing the cartoons and people started associating associating me with the cartoons and they're like hey boots you know and so it's kind of funny that i was i was named after my cartoon um <laughs> but it you know as as time goes on and i get so many responses from people um you know i could say that boots is me but really boots is most everybody on the trail you know
1: <laughs> yeah no I, I think i think you're actually right there
2: um now
1: trail names seem to be a thing in the states um uh, and yeah, and it's something that just doesn't seem to have taken off here in Australia. I, I can remember hiking in Bhutan, probably about seven years ago, and the the guides over there gave us gave us trail names. And I'm thinking, this is really strange. What 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 are these people doing? And they obviously have a, a lot of a, um, a American uh, tourists coming over there that are, are used to the trail name concept. I mean is this is this the the whole concept of trail names is it is it something that tends to be limited to through hikers or or it just something that people take on as 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 if they're keen hikers anyway?
2: I I think it's mostly through hikers. Um I, I haven't talked to very many people that were familiar with it other than on you know, on the really long trails. So and you know, section hikers usually will, will if, if they're out enough, they'll get a name. But, um, yeah, I think it is pretty pretty limited to, you know, specifically, well, I think it started probably on the Appalachian Trail, and then sort of as those hikers started doing other trails, I think that idea kind of spread. at least that's my understanding. Okay. Now, um,
1: where do you get your ideas from for these cartoons? Uh, 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 so are all boots adventures real or they uh, uh, have they actually occurred, or you just think, or oh, that this is something I can imagine?
2: I think at least, at least 80% of it is real, is real. Um, if, if I haven't personally experienced it, my friends have, or, or hikers I run into, um, you know, occasionally you can see that I've sort of stretched the truth to, you know, in the name of humor, um, or, or something, or, or, you know, you're in a situation and then, uh, an idea occurs to you that's so absurd you think, Oh, I, I better draw this because <laughs> it's just too it's just too funny not to so
1: so, yeah, so, most... so you mean you haven't had a UFO hovering over your tent at one yeah, stage? Ex-
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I have talked to people who feel feel that they have. So um or you know, you've strange lights or whatever, you know. But um yeah, most most of it is I mean, some of it is literally exactly what happened in a certain situation. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I, I can I can certainly see that. I think I think just just about every cartoon. I think there was one I saw just recently about doing these these really intricate ballet leaps across streams, and <laughs> um, and we just did that over over uh, about two weekends ago. That's exactly what we were doing. Yeah, so. yeah. Yep. Um, and you either get it right or you don't get it right, and you see, <laughs> you either get out of there dry or wet.
2: Right. See, I. It turns out I'm not really that creative. I'm just documenting what's happening. <laughs>
1: All right, so so what's your process from start to finishing, uh, start to finish in developing your cartoons? How how what's the creative process? Talk us through that.
2: Right. Um, well, I generally just uh, scribble something down, or you know, if I'm on a hike, I just um, you know uh, actually re- voice record the idea on my phone. I used to have a little voice recorder I'd carry with me. Uh, for, for journaling purposes. And I would just, you know, click it on. It's like boots idea, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then when I get home, you know, I'll just kind of scribble them out. And then, um, you know, I, I try and do one every week. Uh, and so I'll usually have a little backlog of, um, ideas after trips and, uh, uh, I just sit down and I actually have a local coffee house. I like to go, I call it my office. On the weekend, and I sit down and um, sketch it out with a pencil, and then uh, take a sharpie and black line it, and then I'll scan it into the computer and um, basically colorize it, um, and that's that's pretty much it.
1: I believe you're um, you're actually posting in a uh, is it the Tahoe Times or one of the the local papers that you're oh, yeah. in? Oh uh,
2: yeah, yeah, it's the Tahoe Weekly. Um, yeah, I'm the there or boots is the the local cartoon for for the Tahoe area, which is which is pretty nice, I think people up there can relate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: In listening to previous interviews that you've done um, with some of the American podcasts, you're talking about uh, uh, some overseas hikes. So, has Boots yet had yet had the chance to travel overseas?
2: Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've I've been overseas, but not hiking. Just uh, actually years ago I went to. Um, went to the u k and uh, as a musician, but not. I wasn't able to do any hiking. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely it's in the cards all
1: right. so as as a final question, as as a keen hiker, what's your ultimate bucket list hike? What's the hike you're you're really yearning to do?
2: yeah, yeah, that's of course a, a really tough question, uh, of course, you know um. I, I think you know as much as I would. I would love to, and probably will at some point. You know, get over to New Zealand and um, go to the you know go to the Alps and Europe and and all these wonderful things. Um, I live basically in the Sierra Nevada mountains in California, and there is so much amazing country right here that I have not yet you know had the opportunity to fully explore, and. um honestly I would love to just take you know take a summer and explore all these canyons I've you know when you hike on along the uh, the John Muir Trail it's it's so stunning and remarkable but you're on one little trail traveling through you know this entire mountain range basically and there's just so much more and so many side canyons and and, and rivers and mountains and, uh, you know, that white granite and, you know, and volcanoes and, you know, I uh, honestly if I could just get a good chunk of time to just get out there and really explore and do some cross country, you know, honestly that would make me, you know, that, that would be pretty high up on the bucket list.
1: I must admit I, from what I understand at least part of the John Muir Trail also was part of the Pacific Crest Trail, is that, is that right? Yeah, uh,
2: most of it is the same. Yeah.
1: Okay. So you so you you've walked it at some point, but it's been as part of the the larger the larger right. Pacific Crest Trail trip.
2: Yeah, that's the uh, the downside of doing this, you know, through hiking or these long distance one way things is you walk by so many other trails that you want to explore, and you have to just keep keep going. <laughs> but you know, you're taking notes. You're like, I got to get back here. You know, Evolution Valley and, um, you know, uh, gosh. It's, it's endless. The, the, the Northern Cascades in Washington are absolutely stunning.
1: I've now talking to um, a few people in Australia that have gone through and done the John Muir trial. They said that the permitting system on that is, can be quite hard sometimes, that you've, you've, yeah. you've, got to be, you've got to plan well and truly ahead to try and get a, be successful in getting a permit on it at the time you want. That's true. We've been talking to Jolene uh, Carvin, uh, creator of the Boots McFarlane cartoon. Thank you very much for your
2: time. Yeah, no problem. Thank you.
1: Okay, so only a relatively short uh, interview, that one, Uh, but something that uh, has interested me for a while. Um, As I said at the start of this episode, um, I can see so many things that happen on my hikes or our hikes um, being reflected in the uh, Boots McFarlane cartoons. And as I mentioned during that episode, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, where we were acrobatically leaping across from rock to rock, trying to get across a small river.
0: Yeah, that's uh, right. And you know, sometimes what's funny is that uh, you you see the uh, cartoon, and then you find yourself um, replicating the cartoon. So I'm not sure whether it's. Art following life or life following art, um, but it is a bit entertaining when you realize in the middle of something uh, that you're part of a cartoon.
1: And, I, and I, as, as I also said in the interview there, I spent around about two and a half years planning my Bibbleman track hike. I'm, a, I'm an obsessive planner. Um, and yeah, and there's. And you still got it wrong, Tim. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's. Uh, that's one of the things that uh, you know. One of my probably my favourite Boots McFarlane cartoon, where where she's saying saying to a friend, "Oh yeah, I need twenty two weeks off to plan for my two or three week hike." Yeah, uh,
0: I do like the one about the the snacks. So uh, basically, you're going to arrive at camp and have a snack. Uh, work out where the tent's going to go and have a snack, uh, and then pull all the gear out and have a snack. <laughs> I'm mad living here, so. But you get the you get the picture. Pretty, it was pretty close.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, it's 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 something that um, uh, for me I was just a bit interested in the creative process and how it had come about. And as I said, if you haven't had a chance to uh, see the Boots McFarlane uh, cartoons yet, um, I'll have a link in the show notes to her uh, Facebook page, uh, and she posts on a regular basis. And as part of that. Um, uh, not that long ago, towards the end of last year, um, uh, Jolene uh, uh, released uh, her first book, On Trail with Boots McFarlane, Volume One, uh, and she's indicated that an ebook is is almost imminent. So, for those of you that don't like the hard copy, ebooks are available, uh, and that Volume Two will be out um, just at the, after the end of the American summer. So, that'll be the last uh, the last few months of this year of two thousand and nineteen. So um, as I said, go to the show notes. There'll be a number of links there. And also we did a review of that book. Uh, so we'll have a link to the review just so you can get an indication of what it's like. Over the last uh, couple of months, there's been a, a few uh, articles come up in the news, and um, a lot of them tend to be very similar, but it's just been over the last week, there's been a couple of really um, different ones which I th- thought were worth reporting on. The first of which um, uh, was prompted by a an ABC News article this morning, um, which talks about a lightning strike, and the headline was, a 55 year old woman has died after being struck by lightning in a freak accident while hiking through a mountain range in Scotland. That's a bit of a tragedy. It is. And it's, it's. It surprised me, I suppose, that I thought, well, lightning strikes, uh, particularly in alpine areas, tend to be an issue in Australia, uh, particularly in US. Uh, normally the US. Uh, normally, the, the general thought is if there's a lightning storm coming through, you get off the exposed hills very quickly and get down into the tree lines because a lightning strike is a very common uh, uh, occurrence. Uh, but when I read more into the article, it's saying that uh, apparently lightning strikes on people along the coastline are reasonably common, but it's extremely rare in in,
0: in Scotland. In,
1: in Scotland, in the hills, so there's obviously something about the, the local weather patterns that make things just a bit different in that part of the world. Uh, but I think certainly from my perspective, you know, lightning storms aren't really that common, at least in my part of Australia or my part of the world. Um, and while I, they can be in other areas, while I'm quite happy to go hiking in the rain, if a lightning storm is passing through, I tend to find shelter fairly quickly. Um, not a not a, a a thing that happens regularly, uh, at least in Australia, uh, but certainly something that you need to consider and plan for if uh, if it does happen or if it's forecast. You know, consider whether to go hiking or not.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, there's something in here about knowing your local, um, uh, I guess, conditions. And so if we're saying that, you know, from this news report, um, being struck by lightning um, while in the hills in Scotland was a very unusual thing, um, you know, understanding that would... Probably be an important thing understanding the, the the likelihood or the possibility in whatever like local area you are. So sometimes you get that from uh, your own knowledge, and sometimes you might have to go looking for that through the locals.
1: Now the next piece of trail news, and this was something that only occurred uh, probably within the last uh, week, uh, and this was just after the release of the South Australian budget uh, for the state. Uh, there's been an announcement that uh, there is a new trail being proposed uh, from Victor Harbour to Cape Jervis. And Cape Jervis is one of the trail heads for the Heysen Trail. Uh, and uh, so it'll be a, a starting point, depending on whether you want to start that end for both the the Heysen Trail and, uh, and this new proposed trail. Now, looking at the, the the trail, at least as far as I could, there's been no formal announcements about distances and locations. All it's really said that it's going to go through some of the the state's well recognised uh, uh, hotspots for beauty and and, and 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 natural areas. So it'll come out to be quite a good trail once it is completed.
0: And what's the time frame for completion?
1: Um, I, in talking to uh, the track, uh, the South Australian uh, ranger who had a, who was integral in uh, designing the Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail, that took a couple of years. I can't imagine it's going to happen in the next Overnight? few months. No. Uh, it's probably going to take a year or two to get up and going. Um, the track, as far as I can see, will be at least 60 kilometres in length. Uh, and the, that 60-kilometre mark seems to be the magic figure for new hiking trails these days. It's something that will suit most hikers, a five, six, maybe seven-day hike, depending on your, your experience and your ability. Uh, and that seems to be a good sort of time frame and a good sort of distance for, for a lot of hikers. So that's something to keep an eye on uh, in, the, in the next uh, 12 to 18 months. As part of that announcement, there's also been some upgrades uh, announced for the Heisen Trail. Or the, uh, and again, I, it's the way Heisen is spelt and the way it's pronounced. This seem to be at odds, uh, <laughs> but certainly it's, it's it should be pronounced either
0: way. You're going to get it wrong. Tim. Yeah, <laughs> it is.
1: It is. It's spelled Heisen, uh, but again, you, you go down there and it's, you know, it, everyone talks about the artist uh, Hans Heisen, so it's, I'm, I'm sticking with that pronunciation. Uh, so there will be some upgrades happening on that track as well, and I'm sure that will probably happen just a bit quicker given that that, uh, that trail is already in place and they'll be able to do work on that uh, and upgrades on that as they come through. So uh, that's good news for South Australian hiking. Okay, so that's all for this week's episode. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this uh, Uh, a bit of artistic uh, slant on hiking and uh, some of the humorous things that can happen in hiking. Um, So we we hope you've enjoyed. Next week's episode will be on freeze-dried food and hiking. Now, we've done a lot of reviews on that over the past few years, but we're going to talk about freeze-dried food as a... uh, Uh, the the pros and cons of it from a hiking perspective. So keep an eye out for that one. And again, that'll be in in a week's time. As always, you can listen to this and all the other Australian uh, Hiker podcast episodes through our website at www.australianhiker.com.au, through Apple Podcasts, uh, through Uh, Stitcher Radio through Spotify and and a a number of other podcatchers that uh, are available. If you have the opportunity, please go through and give us a five-star rating on iTunes uh, and we'll regularly read those five-star reviews out on the podcast. That's all for me. Bye for now.
0: And bye from me.